Our second reading comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, and begins with the sixth verse. Paul is speaking, and it's categorized as life in the fullness of Christ. Hear the words that are written. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in Him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. In Him also you were circumcised with a spiritual baptism or a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh and the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with Him in baptism, you were also raised with Him through faith in the power of God who raised Him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the circumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with Him when He forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. <clears throat> Attend to us today, O God, that is our prayer. Attend to us. Give us such faith that we are able to look beyond the moment and over the horizon. Give us such faith that we are able to look past ourselves and be pointed toward you. We pray in Christ. Amen. <clears throat> You were buried with Christ in baptism and raised with Him through your faith in the power of God. That's what Paul says. He's talking about this, of course. He's talking about this font. He's, he's talking about this water. He's, he's talking about what happens when we pour this water and we pray over it and we invite the Spirit of God to move over it and through it and, and in it. That's what he's talking about. Something mystical and holy happens when we gather around this water and, and we take that little baby and, and, and toss it in. Something holy happens. What's in here? What's down there? Oh, you don't want to know what's down there. 
You don't want to know. We spend a great deal of our lives trying to avoid what's down there. We, we try to sidestep it and, and kind of tiptoe around it and make light of it. And, and we do it all the time. We do it when we baptize. We can't help it, you know. We, we lift up that, that precious, adorable little thing and, and, and we giggle at all the cuteness and we take the water and we, we splash it on her and like it's fun day at the water park. We can't help it. It's fun. We try to avoid what's, what's actually happening at this font. We try to get away from it. What's down there? We forget that the water is the same water of the great flood. This is the water of the great flood, the water of the Red Sea that wiped out an entire army. The water, as I've put it before, the, of the raging river that swallows us whole. We so easily forget that this water is a killer. truth of the matter is that when we take that little baby's life and we chuck it in, we're plunging it to the very bottom of the font where there's no way out, no escape, save the power of God, no other way. As Will Willimon puts it, baptism is a rehearsal dress rehearsal for death. That's why we try to avoid it. That's why we kind of try to sidestep what's actually happening here. We do it all the time, try to make light of it. We say things about life, and we say them to other people trying to help, you know. We, we say them with good intention. We say lines like, God never gives you more than you can handle. It's meant well to try to you know, make it not feel as dire as it might actually be. We say it all the time, but I don't believe it for a second. Not for one second. I don't believe that God gives us more than we can handle. You know why? Because God gives us life, and life is more than we can handle. And this fawn is the great reminder of that, that life and death are way more than we can handle. That's why we're here after all. If life weren't more than we can handle, then what are we doing here? Baptism is the great reminder that we are given way more than we can handle. When we get around this font, when you're baptized or with, even within earshot of this thing, you are experiencing it for the very first time. In our baptism, for the first time, we experience rock bottom. You know what that is, right? Rock bottom. Rock bottom is when you're in that place in life where you feel like things can't get any worse than they already are, and then they get worse. Rock bottom is when you're in that, that moment where there's absolutely nowhere else to go but up, and you are absolutely willing to do anything you can to get there rock 
bottom. That's what's down here. And I've been there. I've been at rock bottom. I know what that's like. You ever been there? That can't be it, though. I mean, that's not the whole of it. This thing we avoid in often in life and in baptism, it, that can't be the whole of it. I mean, there's got to be more than, than just drowning. And there is. We know that part. That's why Paul adds on, of course, that second part of the phrase. You're buried with Christ and also raised with Him through your faith in the power of God. There's, there's new life on the other side of death. Evidently, there's always new life on the other side of death, whether we actually know it all the time or not. New life on the other side. But we need a, an image. I mean, what's that like? How do we... What's the picture of that? I mean, if water is the picture of death and being swallowed, we need a, what's the image of new life? We need, we need something. What is it? Well, let's think about it. When we take that little baby and they're squirming and eager and full of hope, and we say to them, you're about to die, and we put water, and we say, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and, and then they open their eyes. What's, what's the first thing they see? When we put water on them, and, and they just, and they open their eyes, you know the first thing they see? The first thing they see is you. You. You are the first thing they see. You are the image of new life in Christ. The great resurrection picture of Christ in the world comes in the form of the church. You're it. When someone has hit rock bottom in their own life, you may very well be the first person they cross paths with on the other side. It's you. It's us. Three years ago, I met a man by the name of Richard. Richard walked into the church in the middle of the week. He's one of, you know, needing help. He's one of those just random walk-in people. And we don't get a lot of them out here. Things are so far apart. I mean, we don't, you know, we're not in downtown central. We just don't get a lot of it. But every now and then, and, and Richard came in. I got the call three years ago. I remember it still. I got, you know, some, someone needs help. Could you come down and talk to them? And sure. And I'm walking down and you know what's going through my head, right? I mean, it's the same old assumptions and I fight them all the time, though it's probably good that I have them too. Oh, I'm probably going to get some rigmarole and some story that really doesn't check out. And they're just, they're probably not even going to talk with any kind of, that makes sense at all. And 
I know what and how am I, and I'm sitting here going, I have to somehow creatively be the church and give them and find out in a short time what they might need and not just send them away or pass them off to someone. All this stuff's going on through my head, right? I'm saying, well, that's good, but don't let that fly. And I'm just having this conversation. I can't get there fast enough because I'm tired of talking to myself. We, I get there, and, but Richard, he was, he's, he was different. It's different. Something about him made me want to believe them, believe him. And, you know, I don't like being suckered. But I wanted, I wanted to believe him. He, he spoke clearly, for one thing, which is rare. He was sober. That's rare. He, he seemed genuine. It, and we talked for a good long time. He was, I mean, he was clean but hard, hard, you know, hard. And he told me a story. I mean, I did get his story. I believed him. He talked to me about how he'd been in the penitentiary for a number of years, and, and his, his life before that, that led up to that, was, was, you know, he ended up with a number of felony possession charges, enough of them in amounts that meant, you know, he's selling, he's not just... And he was in the pen, and he had gotten out like two months before. And he said, I, I, we talked about his faith. And he said, I, I discovered my faith in the pen. And then he said, I know that's what you think I'm supposed to say. And I'm telling you, it's, I'm not kidding. I really did. There's nothing else to do in there but think, he said. I discovered my faith. And ever since I've gotten out, I've, I don't want to go back to that life. I know that I'm not supposed to be in that life. And I've been doing good. I've got a good job. I like my job. It's a construction job. I like working with my hands. I'm outside. I've, I've got a good car that gets me there. And I'm, I've got a place to live. And I'll, I'm making enough to be able to pay rent. But I'm trying to save enough for the upfront stuff. And that's what I need help with. And he went through this whole thing. And, you know, part of me was like, oh, there it is. And the other, but he's here. And I just, and we, I, want, I believed him. And, and he said, I don't need any help. I just need a prayer to help. So I don't, I'm thinking about, you know, selling again to get a little extra just this once. And I knew that. And I was just driving around random in this fog. And I, and, you know, I live on the other side of town. I don't even know what I'm doing out here. But I, I saw this church and I just, I turned in. Here I am. So we helped him, helped him with his down payment. His story checked out. We called around, spent time. We don't give out cash, but we sent direct to the thing and all that stuff. Took a risk. And I didn't see him again, you know, for three years until this week. Earlier this week, he came in. And he was in need again, but he, he, told, he talked to me and we sat down, and I, of course, was called and went down. Same stuff going through my head. Here's some other deal. He said, I've been, I've been doing good. I've got the same job, same car. I live in the same place. I'm doing, I've actually, I had saved up money. And just, you know, it's just, I hit a snack. This lady hit me and, and wrecked my car, and she didn't have insurance. She was all worried I was going to 
you know, reporter, and I just told her, just, just go home, ma'am. I'll just figure it out. And I spent all my savings fixing my car, and I just need a little bit to get to my next paycheck. That's it. That's, I, and no one else believed me, believed me, but you did. I remembered that this church believed me and helped me, and so I'm back. That's what he said. Now, you don't have to believe that story. Whether it's actually true or not, doesn't matter. What matters is, here was somebody who's been here, knows what it's like to be down there, and also knows that God wants him out here. came here. When life overwhelms you, and it will, when the world feels like it's going to hell in a handbasket, and it will if it doesn't already feel that way, when you find yourself at the bottom of the font with water swallowing you whole, come in here. When you hit rock bottom, March your way down to the front of this place and put your hand on this font. Let it remind you that you've been here before. This is not your first time at the bottom of the font. This is not your first time experiencing this kind of thing where life and death overwhelm you. This is not your first time. Let it remind you of that and then let it also remind you That the hand of Jesus Christ has lifted you up and brought you to the other side. And when you opened your eyes, there we were waiting for you as we called you by name. Let it remind you that you are never alone. Never.